That, that's a key word, confidence. Going into a shot with confidence is an absolute game changer. Um, the mental aspect uh, of shooting, it, it, it's kind of glossed over. It's not talked about, but it is absolutely huge. And when you can go into that shot, that 600, 700, 800-yard shot, and you've got that confidence, um, you're going to make that shot. Welcome to the RNA Outdoors podcast, propelled by Ripcord Aero Rests. At RNA, we are public land DIY conservationists that love to share our passion for the outdoors. So join us and our team as we speak with experts in the industry to share insight knowledge that helps make hunters and anglers more successful. I'm Jim Sessions with the Best of the West and Huskamaw Optics, and you're listening to RNA Outdoors Podcast. Okay, we're winding down day two of the Western Hunting Expo here in Salt Lake City, uh, Utah. It's been a busy day so far. Um, we've had a, a lot of uh, podcasts that we've been working on. We've been meeting a lot of folks that we, you know, we typically only see maybe once a year, and uh, it's just a good time to get together. And talk about hunting, right? I mean, that's what this expo is about. It's about big game, um, you know, Western big game hunting. So it's really neat to be here and, and very fortunate to be here. Before we get into the podcast, uh, I just want to throw out uh, our title sponsor, which is Ripcord Arrow Rest. Uh, you know, they are the bow hunter's number one fall away rest on the market. They're a bunch of guys based out of Dillon, Montana, and uh, they're, a, they're a brand that most bow hunters can trust. So if you're looking for more information about Ripcord ARS, you can find them online at ripcordarrs.com and on any of their social media feeds. Okay, so we're winding down, like I said, and, and uh, uh, we're very fortunate uh, to sit down uh, with uh, our guest this evening, Jim Sessions, who is a vested partner uh, in both Huskama Optics uh, and Best of the West Production Services, LLC. Jim also uh, is a field host for the Best of the West TV series, which airs on the Pursuit Channel, uh, which is the Long Range Hunting Authority. Jim was born and raised in Wyoming. Uh, he's remained in the outdoors uh, for most of all his life. And uh, what's interesting is I actually met Jim through my co-host Jason here sitting with me uh, today, who's co-hosted a few of our podcasts. And uh, Jim actually came out to one of our, uh, our NRA dinners in Paso Robles and uh, had set up their booth there. And then the following day, we got to actually go out and, and shoot some of the systems. We got to go out to the Ryan Ranch and uh, basically sit behind a, a seven rem mag and shoot a thousand yards with very limited coaching, and, and uh, which I thought was pretty neat. That is some fun times, fun times. To be able to, to not even go through the class and be able to sit behind that system and, and shoot uh, that gong at a thousand yards is pretty remarkable. So What's neat about this show is is Jason and, and uh, Jim have had a long-standing relationship for many years. I'm sure we'll get into where that started and and how that happened, but uh, uh, we'll just go ahead and jump in. So very fortunate to have Jim uh, uh, from the Best of the West with us here. So welcome, Jim. Thank you. Glad to be here, Lucas. Absolutely. So 
I kind of want to tee this up with um, how did it ha- how did it all start? So I know Jason, you shared the story, but I think it'd be good for the listeners to understand, you know, kind of how you know you met Jim, and and of course your relationship now is is, is sprung because of that. Well, I, I'll say, you know, twenty years ago, um, Jim and I met at a at a Mule Deer Foundation convention, and uh, it was just weird. It was one of those relationships that, to me, just was one of those things that that has lasted a lifetime and we've been very fortunate to be able to go hunting i remember one of that that first time jim said hey you should draw try, try to draw an elk tag you did an elk tag we'll go back on horses and have a good old time and <clears throat> sure enough one of those first hunts that i went out with jim i killed my first uh, real bull elk nice six by six and it was just like one of those things sitting around a campfire and in snow and thinking, oh my God, this is all real. And uh, then it's just blossomed over the last 20 years. And then Jim uh, started with Huskamaw Optics and and Best of the West. And man, it's been it's been great watching Jim's company grow. And I remember the first Huskamaw I put on a gun, and the first time I went out and shot a rock at 1130 yards, and just thought, holy cow! I mean, I went from being a 200 to 300 yard shooter to really feeling effective at 600 plus yards and it was all due to the the Husqvarna advantage as Jim says and we've been on I don't know we've been to Kodiak we've been Wyoming we've been multiple multiple hunts uh, Alaska Wyoming Colorado uh, whenever we can can get the time and the opportunity have the tags um, we usually load up and meet somewhere and uh it's been very productive um, in fact i i really can't think of uh when jason's the hunter when uh we haven't brought the game back yeah and uh you know and that's being being fairly selective too sure but, uh, you know jason immediately he he recognized the huskama advantage and uh, it's a, it's an absolute game changer and i tell people it shows uh every every year that uh this product will double your effective range immediately and with some practice and some knowledge and things you can triple your effective range and do it precisely and ethically yeah and as a company um the ethics of this are is very important to us yeah and i think you know there can be sometimes a bad rap when someone says hey i'm going to shoot long distance and it's a thousand yards and but I think what people don't understand is when the system is set up the way it is and designed the way it is it is ethical but a lot sometimes people don't always see it that way right but absolutely I mean there's going to be some controversy and and constructive controversy is is good Mm -hmm. because we can lay out our case and say you know there's no question there's less wounding people are more are more ethical. They're being more selective. They can let that that uh, three ten bull, as an example, go because they know there's three forty plus bulls in the woods, and they're going to have the opportunity at one because mm-hmm. they can shoot that five hundred yard shot if need be. Yeah, and and you know Jim and I have talked numerous times. Heck, if we could get a three hundred yard shot, don't get me wrong, we take a three hundred yard shot. We do it precisely with this system. I mean, we literally will dial it right to 300 and we'll put it right on the ball of the shoulder and pull the trigger and it's all over. But, you know, you get that once in a lifetime tag and you're hunting 
and all of a sudden you're in a canyon situation, if you're a 400-yard shooter and it's across the canyon at 550 yards, and this is your last day of your hunting season, what are you going to do? I mean, I hate to say it, but I've seen lots of guys that are not proficient, ha- don't have this system, that on the last day they, they shoot 20 times at something, and that's unethical. They're good. You know? they're, they're, we call it holding high and hoping. And, and you know, we're eliminating that, that deal. And, and if everyone is truthful, um, they admit, the uh, vast majority of people admit they have done that in their hunting sure. career. Yeah. Aim a couple inches high and let it fly, right? I mean, that's <laughs> or one a of the things. Feet, yeah, or, or a couple of feet or an animal or two. But what's interesting, I mean, <clears throat> when you shoot the system a 1,000 yards, a 500-yard shot, is nothing. I mean, realistically, when you shoot out to that range, not saying to undermine 500 yards, but when you've shot that distance, you feel so much more comfortable shooting at 500 versus, hey, I've only shot at 300 with my 30-odd six and that animal's at 500. You don't have the same confidence level that you do after you've shot out to those distances. That's a key word, confidence. Going into a shot with confidence is an absolute game changer. Um, The mental aspect uh, of shooting it's kind of glossed over, it's not talked about, but it is absolutely huge. And when you can go into that shot, that 600, 700, 800-yard shot, and you've got that confidence, um, you're going to make that shot. Mm -hmm. Well, and I was going to say, one of the key things that Jim taught me a long time ago is he said, hey, look, whenever you get to wherever you're going hunting, he goes, you need to shoot your gun there. Because, you know, I live at sea level, Okay. We have different turrets for different levels. <clears throat> the Husqvarna system allows for that. So all of a sudden I leave sea level, have a 2,000-foot turret on my gun. I go to 7,000. I pull out my 6 or my 8,000 turret. I put it on there, and I lay down, and I take a test shot or two. And I adjust my gun for that actual elevation. And he taught me a long time ago, you got to make sure your equipment's doing what it's supposed to be doing. And boy... When you do, just like you said, Lucas, <clears throat> when you go out there and you shoot that six or 700-yard shot in the area that you're going to be hunting in, two, three days later when that animal's at 450 yards, it's like, hey, this is a chip shot. Mm-hmm. I, shot I shot 600 yards just three days ago and hit a rock the size of a softball. Game on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so, <clears throat> there's so many advantages to it, and... And at the at these shows, again, I'll say that that uh, I tell people this product will be the best investment you can make at this show for your future hunting success. Yeah, I mean, you draw a tag. I mean, let's face facts. There's 200 tags out here, of which let's say they're going to give away probably 50 tags that are the premium hunts that somebody could get for a five dollar chance. You get one of those. You don't want to be shooting a system that limits you to two to 300 yards. Yeah, especially if it's a sheep tag that's a once-in-a-lifetime. Yeah. You I may mean, only have a seven 800-yard shot. And right? somebody is going to win for five bucks. They're going to win a desert sheep tag hunt here in Utah. I mean, boy. Yeah, it's a great opportunity here at the Western Hunting Expo. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Jim, when I was talking to you earlier this week, one of the things you had said, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely willing to sit down if, you know, we can talk a little bit about, you know, DIY adventures. And <laughs> a lot of what you see when you watch the best of the West is horseback, 
you know, a lot of times it's wilderness area. You guys are going in, you know, eight to 10 miles, you're setting up a camp and I mean, it is, it's, it's a do it yourself adventure. And is that something that's always been instilled in you? Have you always been the type that said, let's get the horses, let's go in the backcountry," Or is there, was there something that made you very passionate about those DIY adventures? Well, I, I grew up like uh, uh, most people grow up in the state of Wyoming. I, I learned to hunt on public land. Um, I never did actually learn how to shoot properly. Um, that was part of the, of the learning process and my growth as part of being associated with, with Huskamon Best of the West. Um, but I did learn. I learned the school of hard knocks. I pounded it out on public land and... and uh, I always want, I grew up on a, on a ranch. I worked for my uncle in the summer times and, uh, I always liked the horses. I, and I don't profess to be a, a cowboy, but, uh, I, I've got a good, uh, set of, of livestock, both fox trotters and, and mules. And, uh, I feel comfortable going, uh, whether it's five miles or I've been in as far as 35 miles one way into the re- most remote location in the lower 48 states and killed, uh, was part of, of being, killing a 13-year-old bighorn ram. Wow. Uh, that's like, to me, that's like the pinnacle of, of North American big game. Yes, it, indeed. And part of it's where we were. Sure. It isn't just the ram, it's, it's where we were. So the, the, the challenge of do-it-yourself hunting um, I've never been one to just keep going back to the same place because I know it really good, and I know that's an effective hunting strategy or technique. My my dream trip or trips is that I've got a tag in my pocket, I've done the research, I'm going into country I've never been in before, and I'm going to figure it out, and, and I'm going to hunt that animal one-on-one and uh, to the victor go the spoils. And... and that strategy has worked for me. Do I always kill the biggest animal? No, but uh, there's a sense of satisfaction of, of doing it on your own. Oh, yeah. and the and the adventure. I mean, you know, crossing the stream, going to the top of the peak, you know, setting up and looking out over the vast country and thinking, holy cow. I mean, I, I remember, once again, it's just so vivid in my memory, that trip that Jim took me on 15, 20 years ago. I still remember being up on this peak and the wind howling and, and Jim going, I don't know, guys. I think we should get the hell off this peak. He goes, this could get really nasty up here. And hell, I didn't know, you know. Sure enough, we bailed off and got down to, you know, a lower elevation of 8,000 feet. And that night, it just dumped. And I was thinking, wow, it literally dumped like a foot of snow on us down at 8,000. What would it have done up on that peak? But sure. it was still that awe-inspiring. I, you you know, I, I believe in God. I'm a godly person. It, it, it's a, how much closer could you have got to, you know, God than, than that? It was just, I mean, it'll be with me forever. And it was because of this man right here that, yeah, that it you, happened. You'll never get that experience <clears throat> unless you go out on the public land and do it yourself, right? I mean, those experiences don't come when you go to Africa, right? And nothing against yeah. doing those types of trips because we all love to, yep. you know, shoot planes game. But to experience those types of adventures, you know, getting rain, getting sleet, getting snow, getting every gamut of, of weather that you can get, you know, they don't happen at 3,000 feet. They happen at eight, 9,000 feet, which is generally public land DIY adventures, which... Phenomenal. Yeah, I think, I agree. I think that's, that's, what's, uh, that's what's fun about 
about DIY public land hunting is doing it yourself for sure. And speaking of, of public land right now, there's, there's some, some controversy, uh, relating to our public lands and, and should our public lands go under state control or, or state ownership and that, that type of thing. Yeah. HR six twenty one was one of them that you, came through, you know, and, and, uh, that, that scares me a lot. And I, and I don't always agree with how our, our public lands are managed. Um, overall, I think they do, a, they do a pretty good job of it. But, uh, in my eyes coming from the state of Wyoming, which is roughly 50% public land, um, that's the greatest treasure we have in the state of Wyoming is our public lands and our ability to recreate on them. Um, whether it's hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, bicycling, four-wheeling, whatever the activ outdoor activity is, it's an absolute treasure that we've got to cherish, we've got to protect, mm -hmm. and we've got to ensure that, that politicians that, that have ulterior motives are not going to take that, that treasure away from Absolutely. the public. Amen. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, we own land, and it's public land, right? I, I can go out... Taxpayer. Exactly. We can go out in Montana, Wyoming. It's not wilderness. Let's say if you're not a non-resident, but you can go out and like you said, do whatever you want and you're a public land owner, right? I mean, you own that land. You, you know, the, the, the government uh, has provided us that, but it's scary to think that the states want to look at it as a tax revenue that when they off it and it goes to the states that they're going to privatize it, they're going to sell it. And we're going to get into this mess where that land that we all used to enjoy when we were kids is now bought up by, you know, which Fortune 500 company because they could come in and afford to do it. It's scary. Well, it's very other, scary. The other side of that, too, especially from us in California, is guess what? You know, they pass some stupid law and all of a sudden there's gates on, on roads that have been open for 35 years that allowed us to recreate in certain areas. And now they're like, okay, well, this is blocked off. Well, that's all nice and neat, but, you know, I mean, how many people actually now get to experience that lake that I grew up going to as a kid and fishing? Now, if I'm not willing to walk 10 miles one direction, or if I don't have horses, or if I don't, you know, actually, I think it's a non-wheeled area, so you can't even ride a bike into it. Yeah. I'm like, how many people are ever going to see that lake? You know, I mean, they just literally eliminated... 90% of the public from ever having that experience that I had as a kid growing up to go see that pristine location. And I know there's arguments both directions, you know, guys going to say, oh, well, now nobody can, you know, jack with it or whatever. But it it's it's hard. And once again, like Jim said, I mean, it, man, where are we going? I mean, hopefully with our new administration, we're we're going in a little better direction yeah. than, than we were before. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> and the, the truth of the matter is there's enough land out there to meet all interests, uh, outdoor recreation interests, whether it's it's backcountry horsemen or it's the snowmobilers that want want a groom trail up, up through an area. There, there's plenty to do, pr plenty of land there. We just not need to figure out how do we effectively management for the benefit of the public. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Good conversation, guys. So, Jim, to kind of get into the Huskama Advantage, um, you know, I walked through these trade shows. I, I, I went to a few of them this year. And, you know, you see lots of companies that advertise long-range shooting, right? And do you want to shoot 1,000 yards? And, I mean, 
you know, there's four or five of them out there, right? And it, it's a it's a niche business. But I think I know the answer to this, but I'm curious to know, I mean, in your eyes, in your opinion, what do you feel sets you guys apart from the rest of the companies in there that advertise the same thing that you guys do? Well, there, there's a number of things, and we coined the term Huskama Advantage um, simply because it, it, it's a fact. It is an advantage. And, and in basic terms uh, for this podcast, and if, if listeners um, have any other questions, I, I encourage them to, to give us a call, uh, our office in Cody, Wyoming, and we'd be, we've got great customer service. Um, you're talking to people that are knowledgeable, and, and they can help you out. But the Huskama <laughs> advantage is a few things, and I'll, I'll list them very quickly, is we have a yardage turret with an minute of angle wind hold application. Um, we actually own the patent on on the wind hold, and uh, it, it's quick, it's simple, it's very user-friendly, and it's precise. And it for a hunting application, um, you know, when the, you know what's hitting the fan, and everybody's excited, and, and you got to get that shot off before that, that big ram goes over the next ridge. Um, that simplicity is very key. And all, all of the data you need, all the ballistics data you need is engraved on that turret because we go the extra mile. We actually shoot actual drop data from that specific rifle and the ammo that you're going to be using. That way we have reference points at a mid-range and a longer range that when we put it into, into our software to laser engrave a turret, we know that at those intersection points, say 500 yards and 950, 950 yards, that we're matching the exact trajectory of that rifle and load. And that is absolutely key. There's no shortcut to it. Um, there's a myriad of, of generic turrets out there. Um, will they get you out there in that 400, 500-yard range? Yeah, pretty good. But when you start going beyond that, you you need to go through those extra steps to ensure that you have a, a very precise, accurate turret that you can ethically make that shot at 800 yards. Sure. And and I mean, I'm I'm once again the Huskamaw advantage. I'm a sold sold individual. I've had lots of other companies approach me and offer to let me shoot their stuff and all that kind of thing. Uh, by by no means can I ever shortcut the Huskama advantage. I mean, when you lay down and you get comfortable behind your gun and it's nice and steady, which a, a good rest is the key to everything, and you dial that to the right yardage and you comfortably set in and you get ready for that to break that shot, as long as you do your mechanics, which is very important and that goes back to practice, you could comfortably shoot. I mean, I had a guy ask me, well, what are you comfortable at? I said, well, really, I like a 300-yard shot. But the reality is that I shoot 400 as the closest shot I shoot when I practice, and I shoot 670 all the time, and I shoot 900 to 1,000 every once in a while just to make sure that my gun does what I know it can do. And, boy, let me tell you, when you spin that dial and Jim says, you got two minutes of wind, shoot two minutes of wind into the wind, and I go two crosshairs over into the wind, and I say, okay, I'm ready. And he's like, okay, you still got two minutes. And he says, go ahead and let it go. And you crack that shot off. Almost every time that that happens, you hear, oh, that was a good shot. 
good job, okay, and he's down. And, I mean, that's, that's yeah. basically, we've had that chance. I mean, the antelope thing that my dad did and that I did it, my nephew. Great video. That was, that was such a fun hunt. I mean, my nephew, who's in the Marines, was there on his first antelope hunt in Wyoming with Jim, and my dad was there. And, I mean, we, we shot three times, and we killed three antelope. And that was a 350-yard, a 670-yard, and a 1,000-yard a thousand yard thousand yard, shot. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just amazing. It, it was one of those rare, <clears throat> rare trips in the state of Wyoming where, uh, like uh, Tony shot, um, we got right out of camp that morning. Um, you could actually see the mirage just wavering straight up, and absolutely no wind. Um, we had Tony down there in a prone position for probably close to a half hour before that, yeah. he before he actually broke that shot. And uh, you know that that that's what we're realizing is is uh, with a lot of our customers, we're not getting pictures and, and reports back from our customers. Which that's what I love about these trade shows is is. 40, 50 times a day, we'll have a customer come and show us an animal or tell us a story about his Huskamaw experience. And it's very satisfying from a, from a company standpoint. But uh, we're, we're not getting scores of the animal that that, that was an 80-inch 80, 80 antelope. We're getting scores that I took that antelope at 800 yards because it's a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, and absolutely. they're proud of it. Yeah. And 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 that's a that's a neat thing that's that's happening in, in the hunting industry right now. Yeah, it's yeah. almost going beyond the inches, and it's you know I took this animal at eight hundred, I took it at a thousand yards, and to them that's their trophy, right? I mean that's their Absol- that's their measure of success. Absolutely, because they know with practice and education and equipment, they were able to accomplish something that they never otherwise thought they could. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so we talked a little bit about the, you know, the Huskamaw advantage, but, you know, kind of breaking down the system itself. Um, Jim, can you just kind of give a background on, you know, kind of how the system, you know, is manufactured and then when it's manufactured, you guys take the gun, you shoot it, you match the bullets to it. Clearly there's this turret piece to it where the turrets are burned, um, you know, based on the ballistics of the gun. But I guess another way to preface it is, you know, probably every gun doesn't shoot the same. So, when you guys start this process, kind of walk through the process and how that works. Well, we 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 have to start with a, a very solid quality base, and we have to have repeatable internals of the, of the optic. That we make our living on running that turret up and down the internals of the scope, up and down, up and down. We want very high quality glass. We want a parallax adjustment that that we can fine tune our parallax so we can make those those precise shots. Once we have that, then we go through the process and whether it's the customer or us mounting the scope, you know, we, we lap the rings. We make sure we torque the rings to, to spec. We make sure that the scope's level. And, and once we have that, then we go to the range. What we typically do is we have a, uh, say I have a seven Remington Magnum. We have five different loads um, that we've worked up through through low development. Um, we actually have two gentlemen in our, in our our shop that that's all they do is load ammunition and and work up new loads. And and we we test that specific rifle and we decide well this this rifle uh, this six five two eighty four is an example 
it likes a 143-grain Hornaday ELDX bullet. We're getting half-inch groups with that thing all the time. Well, if that's the first bullet we test, we're good. We're not just going to go burn ammo. But we've tested it. We've verified that that's a very precise. We're getting half-minute of angle with that bullet. Once we do that, we set our 200-yard zero. We have our 200-yard zero set. Then we go out to 500 yards, and, and we count the number of clicks based on the click value of our scope, which a Huskama is typically one-third minute clicks. So say a 65284, it's taken us 21 clicks with a 200-yard zero to get to 500 yards. We verify that, and we go to a long, long range, uh, say 950. It's, it's going to take us 64 clicks to get to 950. But what we've done is we've verified that ammo and that rifle so that we can build that turret that is, that is extremely precise. There's no shortcuts to it. I can't, I can't just burn a turret for a, a 7 Remington mag uh, shooting a 168 VLD bullet and expect that turret's going to be precise at 800 yards for Joe's um, browning and the same turret's going to be good for, for uh, Jim's Remington 700 BDL. I can't make that assumption. I've got, as a company, we verify that, that uh, we're going to match the exact trajectory of that given rifle and load. Wow. And then that, that's, that's a huge difference of what we do and what you mentioned the other companies that are out here, um, what they're doing. That, that's the difference. We go the extra step. We go the extra mile. And while we're on that, I want to mention that, that uh, I am very proud as a, as a vested partner in this. Uh, our, our customer service is second to none. When you call in there, you're going to talk to a decision maker or you're going to talk to someone that is very knowledgeable about, about their, their scope. Um, it may be their, their complete shooting system. Um, which we can still do that. We're a small enough company. We want that personalized customer service. It's it's a culture of our company, and uh, we're not going to change that. Yeah, and that's awesome. I don't really think you is. get that with everybody. I mean, not just in this business, but in other industries. I mean, you just you don't always get that contact customer service. And sometimes that's what's the difference for people. They want to talk to a guy that can make a decision or a guy that understands it. And and if they're not getting that right, that may be the difference in them. You know, and, cannot continue in that. And a that perfect commitment. example of that is, you know, I mean, I know Jim really well. I have his home number. I ha I could get a hold of him at any time I want to. But a lot of times, the question that I have is so simple. I, I don't I don't need to talk to him. In fact, sometimes when I call him and ask him the question, he's like, I don't know. We need to call somebody else. You know. But at the same time, I've called in on the the eight hundred number numerous times. Get a hold of somebody and and you know. Two, three minutes, they got my answer question or my question answered. And they're like, okay, well, what else do you need? And I'm like, well, can you send me that? And they're like, done. I mean, their customer service is superior to 99% of them. I mean, you get it taken care of right then. And I know just the other day, you know, I got that phone call. Actually, I was telling Jack Peterson, I was like, hey, I got a phone call. It said Jack Peterson. I thought, well, why is Jack calling me? Well, it was actually one of the other guys, Shane, saying, hey, your products are all done. Just need a credit card. No problem. Paid for my stuff. I thought, ah, you know, don't worry about it. It'll be here in a couple of weeks. I think it was three days. 
three days it was sitting on my doorstep and I was just like, and I think that was like a Thursday and it showed up like on a Saturday or something crazy Wednesday to Saturday. I was just like, wow, man, those guys were like rocking that day. So right. that's, that's a testament to your guys. So you should be really proud of them, Jim. And we are. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it's not we've expanded our company. It's not just the optics anymore. Um, we have, we've over the last couple of years, we've de- developed three models of centerfire rifle offerings. Um, we've we've developed a slug gun that absolutely doubles the effective range of, of any other slug gun out there. Um, legitimately 250 to 300 yards slug gun for those, you know, the Illinois, the Iowa, that, that type of thing. And then we've just unveiled uh, a long-range muzzleloader. Super exciting. That, that um, we have a patent pending on the ignition system. Um, you know, it's a, it's a legitimate 800-yard muzzleloader. And, and this is through our R&D and, and continual testing and tying it into a Husqvarna scope. And what we sell is is not a rifle. It, it's a shooting system that's all integrated. It's been dated. It's been verified for accuracy. And that's what we sell is a shooting system. Mm-hmm. Which I think in a year like this year for Utah, who just initiated you know the use of optics on muzzle loaders, that's a huge deal because you've got guys that have lots of points that now those muzzle loader tags start to look a little better. Because they may never draw the rifle or the archery tag, right? right. So. Ex- exactly, and you know that 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 dream buck of theirs is standing over there at 480 yards across uh, across the drainage. Um, without question, they're going to be able to make that shot and make it an ethical shot. Well, and and I'll add uh, to Jim's shooting systems things. I mean, they also have binoculars they have wind meters they have tripod i mean they they have a gamut of shooting other things rest, all yeah. all the other stuff that you really need you know you could buy a shooting system where it comes with everything i mean they have the the deluxe package that gets you everything including your shells um but you know for the guys that say hey look i can't afford everything right now hey you look you could buy one piece at a time and work it over a couple of years and pretty soon you've got yourself a full-blown system that you've built up and they'll help you with that they'll work with you on those kind of things and that's where their customer service comes in they go you know they'll tell you hey look you really need this right now but maybe you know a couple years down the road we could help you out and get you this and this and this and you know over a four or five year period of time you could have you could basically build yourself everything that you need underneath the moon with their system and it's it's awesome. It really is. The the uh, I want to talk a little bit about the the three <clears throat> models of centerfire. You know, we started on the high end um, with our signature series, and that that system was in that seventy five hundred to ten thousand dollar range, and and we had very good results with that. We knew we knew we were uh, our market was a very narrow market, um, so. Over the course of the last year, we've, we've worked on a mountain hunter system, which is a lighter weight system. It's still a full custom system that's in that $6,000 range. But the, we've, we've also got a system that we call our Hunter Elite. And it's a turnkey system. It's as accurate as, as our full custom systems. And that's probably not a good word because they're all custom systems. They're put together one at a time. There's no mass production on it. But uh, we, we, we knew we had to expand our potential market. 
we offer this Hunter Elite system for $39.95 at, a, at an introductory price, and you can upgrade scopes and different things. But when, it, when a guy really starts to look at, well, I'm going to get a Remington Sendero as an example, I'm going to get my bases, I'm going to get my rings, I'm going to get a, a good quality optic. When he starts adding that stuff up, he's there. He's gonna yeah. be he's gonna be sure. there. So we we've developed this turnkey system that when a when a customer receives that rifle at his house, he's ready to start learning and he's ready to start shooting as at extended distance. And we're we're really excited about that system and, and it, we've had a lot of, of research and development and trial and error and, and that's one thing our company does before we unveil a product. We do field testing like very few companies don't even dream about doing field testing. It's in the field. It's on sheep hunts. It's on mountain goat hunts. It's on backcountry elk hunts. We're banging it in the saddles. We're we're running through trees. We're doing all this stuff, and uh, our, our our field testing is, is second to none. So when a customer gets our product, um, we feel very confident that he's going to be happy with it. So based on um, that discussion around the centerfire rifles, um, you know, looking at all the calibers available out there, and there's a, there's a gamut of good long-range calibers. I'm even seeing now like 28 Nosler and some of the other ones that are starting to come in. In your professional opinion, Jim, you know, what do you think is the best caliber overall all around? And, and it's probably a, a testament to, I mean, what are people buying now? I mean, what is the hot caliber that you guys are burning these days? That really hasn't changed over the years. Um, when you factor in all the variables, and I'm talking about everything from bullet BC to cost to availability to uh, performance, uh, all these variables, when you winnow it all down, um, in my opinion, and it's strictly my opinion, you can't beat a seven Remington Magnum. Jason, you've agree. got... I, you know, Jim and Jim and I talked about this 15 years ago, and the first one that I I did was seven Remington Mac. Now I have a I have a fond affection for the 6.5 by 284, which is kind of a we'll call it a wildcat, but I really enjoy that gun. But then I've also got a 300 Ultra Mac. I, I'm the guy that I guess one isn't enough. You should have five type of thing. But really, when it gets right back down to it almost every time when I go, oh, I'm going on a hunt, that 7 mag is loaded with me at all times because I truly believe that when I lay down behind that gun, I, I, man, I feel pretty confident. I almost feel invincible with that gun that, you know, if there's anything and it's not crazy wind, and Jim and I have been, <laughs> we've, we had some 30, 40 mile an hour winds this last time that we went out on a hunt. That Now that changes everything. You got 30, 40 mile an hour winds and you think, geez, we might as well, we might as well get a freaking rock out and throw it at them because you can't do anything. But that's when you learn through education that yeah. it, you got to walk away. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to use an example. Um, Jason and I did numerous years ago, we did a, uh, a Sitka blacktail hunt on Kodiak Island. And just by chance at this show, uh, Randy and Terry Blondin are, are right across the aisle from us uh, with Kodiak Charters. And uh, my ammunition actually got confiscated at the airport <laughs> in Salt Lake City. And, this is uh, a, never mind. The, the reason why it was confiscated was 
I didn't have it. I had it in a, in good solid plastic boxes, but it wasn't the manufacturer's box. So they confiscated my ammunition. So I, I I'm left to the to the sporting goods store uh, at the, in the town of Kodiak. Mm-hmm. It's a damn good thing I was shooting at that time a 300 win mag. That that's Standard one, of, one of the common cartridges. If I was shooting a 65284, yeah, you know, or, or you know, a Creedmoor or any, any of those, any of the others that aren't so mainstream, I'll call it. Um, I would have been out of luck. Um, so I'm a believer. That's another variable that I consider in a in a caliber selection is availability. Sure, and uh, it, it's an it's a consideration because it happens. It does absolutely. Yeah, and a lot of the exotic type calibers out there. I mean, like the six two eighty four. I mean six point five. You know, there's not a lot of recoil on that, but you can build a 7 mag to the point where there really is no recoil, right? Oh, I, I mean, you sit under that gun and you shoot it, you walk away from the gun, it's still sitting there ready for someone else to literally come in and sit behind that gun and shoot it right after you're done. Yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. Based on variables, Jim, um, I think we all know the, the biggest variable shooting long distances is, is wind. But uh, your comment when Tony shot, you know, we had, you know, a mirage, you know, coming straight up. There, there was, you know, no left or right wind. Um, you know, it, it's your, you know, um, opinion when you guys are out and, and doing a lot of these adventures. I mean, are there times where, I mean, the wind gets to a point where, you know, ethically, guys, we just, we can't do this anymore. This is not the right thing to do. Yeah, I, I'm going to use a, an example. Just this last fall, um, I had two friends with me. They had, had very good elk tags. We set up our camp, uh, a canvas uh, teepee-type tent. We had elk all around us. Um, we got up the next morning. We had half a dozen bulls, and I, I mean mature bulls, within 400 yards. But the wind was so bad... You know, we're we're looking at twenty to forty mile an hour gusts and very variable to where I didn't think uh in that window of opportunity we had that morning, which was fairly long, you know, it was an hour and a half long. We never had an opportunity to shoot and that was four hundred yards. Wow. And that all comes with education. Um gusting wind, uh it, it it's very, very difficult. And and again, through education, learning, um, getting getting a DVD, going out and actually shooting in wind, you're going to learn limitations. And, and there are times, absolutely, that you have to walk away from that shot. Yeah. And they have they have the Huskmaw Challenge every year, which for anybody that has a scope, they could come out and shoot the shoot the competition. It's big. It's basically like a customer appreciation day, for another term. And uh, boy, what a what an experience! And and they do shooting schools all over the place too. I mean, those shooting schools, and I know they're they're interlinked with NRA, which you know the NRA does long range shooting schools, and a lot of them have Huskama optics on every one of them. And they go down to Texas and wherever, and they do these schools. And let me tell you, you know, doing one of those schools is another huge advantage. Or coming out to Cody and and pre arranging to do something with Best of the West staff, boy. You want to talk about some education. You could learn literally in a day or two with these guys that are professionals in the in the field. What took me, and I hate to say this, probably took me five years to learn kind of on my own, just, just dabbling around with it. 
I feel pretty comfortable now, but, you know, I know the next time I get an opportunity and, and I'm around, hopefully I want to go out with Jim and, and do the Huskamaw Challenge. And I want to go and, and learn, learn more because, it, like Jim said, it's always a learning process. Until you put yourself into that shooting position where you're shooting a sharp angle up or down or you're shooting in a hard right or left wind, you know, you don't know. And practice makes perfect. Absolutely. You know, and, and at these shows, and we really tout that, that Huskamaw is a hunting optic. But I, I need to qualify that in that um, we know we're very successful in, in a hunting situation. But uh, there's another shooting competition that, that's out there, and it's called the Vortex Challenge, and it's held here in Utah. And uh, Huskamaw has actually won the Vortex Challenge the last three years. That's kind of an oxymoron or something, <laughs> isn't know? it? And, and, and to, to Vortex's credit, they allow any optic in their shooting competition. Um, it, it is a true competition, and, and that's all of them. And uh, uh, we've been very fortunate. The shooters have shot well. And uh, we've won the Vortex Challenge the last three years with our, our 5 to 30 by 56 optic, which is a phenomenal optic for that application. Yeah. And surprisingly, more and more hunters are going to that optic. Um, Man, you could, I, I will say, you know, I've got everything but that particular optic. And, and I'm, a, I'm the 5 by 20 just because... You talked me into it the first time, um, but I've run the small ones and I've run the up to the five by twenty. And boy, when you got something out there, five six hundred yards, twelve power is pretty low. Fourteen sixteen power, it's still a pretty small item. You know, you put it in twenty. Now I've never uh, last time Jim and I were together, I was kind of thinking about asking him to shoot one of those thirties, but I was half afraid that as soon as I shot it, I'd have to have one. So sure. I was like, I think I'll back off that for the moment, save some money. <laughs> <laughs> he give you the friend <clears throat> discount. Oh, geez. Yeah. So Jim, can you explain just a little bit, you know, and I know we've been talking a little bit about the makeover process. So let's say a guy, you know, has a good base model, you know, 700 BDL action and trigger seems pretty tight on it. Um, What's the process around the makeover? If someone, you know, gives you that rifle, what do you guys typically do with that? And, and what's normally the outcome? Sure. What, what we do is what we call a scope mount job. And, and uh, the scope mount job is a customer sends his good shooting rifle to us. So what, what we do is we'll go ahead, check it over. Um, we'll... we'll uh, look down the barrel, we'll, we'll do a lot of things that once we figure that that uh, this this rifle's got a good opportunity to be accurate, we'll mount a scope on it and go through that whole process of mount, lapping the rings, mounting the scope, and then we'll take it out to the range. And uh, it may be a customer's ammo or it, they may want to use some of our premium custom ammo. And uh, we'll verify that it, that it's a minimum of a one MOA gun. And I want to talk a little bit about one MOA, yeah. which is a term that is so overused in this industry. Um, it, it seems to me every rifle manufacturer there is guarantees one minute of angle. But I've never figured that one out because these guns have been never, ver they've never been verified that they're one minute of angle guns. You can't verify a one MOA or or say a one MOA guarantee if it's never been proven. I, I've, I've never understood that overused term in, in this industry. 
But anyway, what, what we do is, is we verify that it's a true one minute of angle gun. Because for our scope to work and work to a customer's satisfaction, it's got to be a minimum of a one MOA gun. And for simple terms, Jim, just because we don't, you know, I mean, a lot of the listeners out of there might, this might be their first time ever listening to a podcast or talking about guns. Right. One MOA means at 100 yards. At 100 yards, it can shoot a one-inch group. Say three shots, it's, in, it's within a, a one-inch group. Okay. At 400 yards, it's a four-inch group. At 1,000 yards, it's a 10-inch group. Okay. Excellent. That, that, that equates to a, a true one-minute of angle gun. So once, once we confirm that, that, yes, it's an accurate weapon, then we'll go through collecting the actual data. And again, I've talked about that, and there's no shortcuts. You have to shoot that rifle, um, verify a mid-range and a long-range, so you know that you're matching the exact trajectory of that given rifle and the ammunition you're using. Once we do that... We'll laser engrave the turret and put the turret or turrets, whatever the customer decides he needs, mm-hmm. um, on the gun, and we'll, we'll ship it back to him. Okay. He, he's set up. He's ready to go. Um, if he runs into any problems or anything, again, our customer service will take care of that, and we'll get him where he wants to be. Does that sometimes include potentially you know, having to replace the stock, maybe doing work to the barrel? Does that sometimes a variable that may come in play as well yeah we're a we're a full uh gunsmithing service also we if a barrel is is shot out or if 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 it's a barrel that simply is never going to shoot we'll call the customer and say you know we we need to do a rebarrel on this on this gun if if there's issues with the stock we'll do a we'll bed the the action barreled action into the stock we're going to we're going to work on that particular weapon until it's, it's going to perform to the customer's satisfaction. And, Jim, you have a fantastic stock design. You guys have really worked on that to, to create the perfect platform on, on, a, on a rifle stock also. You want to explain a little bit about your rifle stocks that you guys created? Yeah, we, we, we kind of go through a, an R&D process on the, on the design of stocks. And, and our signature series stock is what I'll classify as, as a tactical sporter hybrid. And what we want, what we want to accomplish is that it's, it's very shootable. It feels comfortable to shoot. It's got a flat forend, so that forend's not rolling one way or the other, right or left. It, it, sitting in, in, a, in a rest, it's going to be relatively level and, and easier to shoot. Um, it's going to track back in the recoil. Um, Everything's a part of that uh, uh, in the design of a stock, the shootability of that stock. And uh, a, a lot of, for many, many years, the sporter stock was the stock of choice. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of re- yeah. the main reason, that's the only thing you had, unless yeah. you wanted to go to a complete <laughs> tactical-looking, yeah. bulky-looking stock. But... Um, to shoot long range, uh, there's many, many elements that you have to consider, and, and we figure it as a challenge to our company uh, to provide the customer um, with the elements of providing a, a shootable system. And uh, we, we deal with different materials. Um, one of the most recent uh, examples of that is uh, we've developed a, a complete carbon fiber stock but for our, our Hunter Elite package, 
we've developed a laid-up fiberglass stock with carbon fiber reinforcement. Wow. We gain just a little bit of, of weight, and by a little bit, I'm talking two ounces. But the customer gets the same Sporter uh, Tactical Hybrid um, as our signature series in our in our Hunter Elite package. And we're really excited about that product. Yeah, a couple ounces, that's, that's, that's nothing. That's nothing. You nothing. Know, rigid, rigidity in the stock is a lot of things. That Absolutely. <clears throat> okay, guys, um, we'll kind of wind down a little bit. I do want to ask Jim, you know, it's a new year, 2017. Um, you know, I know you guys are releasing the muzzle loader, um, which is a which is a big deal because I think that is a game changer. I know, you know, the whole advantage is a game changer. Did I mention I'm going to draw the Henry's muzzle loader tag? Well, I know that that's that's out there. Tag so. gods, <laughs> Jim, pre warning. I hope you do, Jason. But for in terms of best of the West, um, you know, what is happening in 17? Is there anything out there that you you want to put out there that you guys are doing? Um, that may be new or innovative or anything that may be coming down the pike this year? Uh, I, I think we've mentioned our, our main projects. And as a small company, you know, we can only take on uh, so many so many projects. Uh, the, the slug gun that we mentioned earlier, that's a, a cooperative effort with uh, Best of the West and Savage. Uh, we made some changes to the, to the Savage Model 220, I believe it is, um, to kind of fine-tune it. To, to customize it to, to our liking. The muzzleloader is going to be a big, big deal. In uh, I can see it in uh, New Mexico, Utah, um, Nebraska, the states that allow optics, uh, variable power optics. Um, also, using a muzzleloader in, in states that don't allow uh, centerfire season in, in lieu of a slug gun, mm-hmm. that's, that's another option. Um, we just want to keep producing a, a television show, and, and we're, we're it's it's a it's constantly evolving. But uh, our our format, which very few shows are a one hour format, and, and Best of the West runs year round. But what we've decided to do as a company is is we want to show the day to day workings of what goes on at, at Best of the West. Um, we're going to go back in the back and talk to Earl about uh, chambering a barrel. We're going to go talk to Aaron about uh, uh, fluting a barrel. What, what's the process of fluting a barrel? We might talk to Brett and Craig about uh, uh, ammunition and temperature-stable powders. We want to educate the viewer more and more via our television show, still provide entertainment and high-quality entertainment, um, I'm going to say it because it's a fact. The Best of West does more backcountry, uh, wilderness, horseback type hunting than any other hunting show in the industry, True. and we're yeah. proud of that fact. I mean, that's the best of the West. Yeah, and uh, so we're our, we want to improve our show, where more and more viewers are going to enjoy it, not only from an entertainment standpoint, but an educational standpoint. And, and I'll add a little bit to that because. He's being very modest, and and I'll mention this just because, you know, Jim was a videographer. He was in the outdoor industry. He he is he's a passionate person. You know, you and I have talked about passion quite a bit in the last few podcasts. But Jim brought to the best of the West this. Let's get out there and do the things and get the footage that nobody else can get and. And I'm I'm in awe 
of what he's done with with the program. I mean, the footage that that some of these trips that they provide, it's phenomenal. For those those listeners that haven't ever tuned into Best of the West, you got to at least watch a couple of episodes. And I highly suggest you know find anything with High Mountain and Horseback. And when you watch one of these shows, you're going to sit there and think, "Holy cow." those guys were freaking on top of the world. And it's like, it, it's one of those things. And, and once again, I go back to that, you know, that feeling of being in the outdoors and feeling like you're close to nature and close to God and all those kind of things. It, it's, it's awesome. And that's really all related to him. I mean, mm-hmm. he brought that flavor to Best of the West and, and he's responsible for that. And, and I thank you, Jim, for, for bringing that because, you know, 20 years ago, you and I had a comment about, man, there is really no quality footage out there of stuff like that. And, and you had the vision and the forethought a long, long time ago to, to make that happen. And, you know, you said it yourself. You guys are the ones that are doing it. And, and every once in a while, you, you know, you'll be flipping through some other program. And, and, oh, my God, there's one episode like that. And you're thinking, those guys got it. And then, you know, two minutes later, they're... They're, 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 they're whitetail in Texas or, yeah. right. and, and we, we do, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go to Africa. Uh, we did a muzzleloader show that, that really showcased a product in Tennessee, uh, hunting whitetails. There's a couple things that, that best the West, uh, our culture, our company culture, our show's not about an individual celebrity hunter. Never has been, never will be. Um, in fact, I never pulled the trigger once the whole 2016 fall season, but I had one of the most satisfying hunting seasons I've ever had. I, I was able to help accommodate two young people to include my son to kill big bull elk in the wilderness. I helped a gentleman that uh, we do business with, uh, Chuck McCoy with Flatline Ops Company, um, go into the, into the back country and kill a beautiful eight by six bull Um, so, so it's, it's not about a celebrity host. Um, we give a multitude of field hosts the opportunity, but one of the most proudest things I am about Best of the West is our association with a a youth organization called Polestar Outdoors. And it's a Christian based organization that provides opportunity for young people to get out, whether it's fishing, hunting or whatever. And we'll have multiple adventures with these young people on Best of the West. And that's 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 what it's all about. So, Absolutely. When you can yeah. share that with the next generation, which is hopefully the ones that we're fighting for our rights for right now, so they have that same experience, that is what it's all about. I mean, yes. at the end of yep. the day. Yep. Very cool. So one last thing, Jim. There's an upcoming um, school, I think, or there's a there's a challenge, I think, coming up in June. Huskamaw Challenge. 10th and 11th, and that's in Cody, Wyoming. That's in Cody, Wyoming. Okay. Uh, you can go to our website. Um, uh, we'll let you know as as things develop with that. But uh, it will be our sixth Huskamaw Challenge. It's growing every year. And like Jason mentioned, uh, first and foremost, it's a cr- customer appreciation event. But it's become extremely competitive. Um, we have absolute top-end shooters that are that are uh, and and some of them are are um, from precision custom rifle companies that utilize our optics on their rifles. A um, couple of them is Betts's Gunworks, um, Blue Mountain Precision, 
uh, Red Rock Rifles here out of Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys want to showcase their, their rifles, and, uh, and they do a good job of it. So it's a great event. And, again, it's a family event. We have several families that, that the, the husband, the wife, the daughter, the son are all shooting in the event. And uh, talk about good quality time, family time. You can't beat it. And, I, and you know, I want to add to that for those people that, you know, have no experience with this. You also have guys out there that really this is pretty much they, they just bought a Husqvarna rifle system and they're out there shooting for the first time. So, I mean, we've had you've had basically people that are brand new beginners all the way to the guys that have, you know, been doing this for for 15 plus years with the system. So not to scare anybody off, but if you if you seriously want to do something like this, I, I tell everybody, man, if. You know, if you got the time, this is the place where you might be able to learn, you know, five years worth of knowledge in two days. Oh, it's like going to a two-day shooting school for 150 bucks. Yeah, it's a no, good seriously. Deal. Sure. I mean, yeah. and most yeah. shooting schools are a couple grand yeah. for right. a shooting school. And here, you know, you got a scope on your gun, you could come out for 150 bucks and. And the camaraderie, too. I mean, come on. Each station has a different guy. A lot of the guys are the guys that actually work at the shop. You know, they may have built your rifle for you. You know, they may have, one guy may have developed the load. Another guy might have lapped the scope. I mean, it, it, meeting those people and the guy goes, oh, yeah, well, I, you know, yeah, that bullet that you did shooting right there, I was the one that loaded it. I mean, that, that, I don't know how to explain yeah, it. It, it, it. It's awesome. It, it's great because everybody everybody's going to help everybody else. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And that's what, how we want to keep it. Yeah. We don't want it to be this extreme competitive event. That, that's, that's the overriding cause. Um, it, it's got to be a customer appreciation event and where, where people come and enjoy themselves. Very fun, cool. Fun, fun, yeah. fun. Well, Jim, thanks for spending some time with us. I know you're a busy guy here at the trade shows and, um, a pretty wanted guy. I know there's a lot of people <laughs> at the booth, so carving out a little bit of your time is is much appreciated. But uh, yeah, I think uh, just to tell the listeners, um, you know, you guys have got websites. I know you guys have social media presence out there, uh, so folks can get a hold of you that way. And uh, just appreciate uh, you know what you've done for this industry and and really paving to me the road for long range shooting. You know that I think it it tells the naysayers and the non-hunters and the folks that don't think it's ethical that no actually it is and let's show you why it is right and there's a lot of science and data behind why it is and and uh you guys have done a lot of that and and uh it's much appreciated Huskama optics best of the west if you don't have one you should and once you get one then i pre-warn you you get three more lined up get ready here it comes That's Jason's model. So anyway, we're going to sign (laughs) off. Jim, thank you uh, for being here, and we'll catch you next time on the RNA Outdoors podcast. Thank you. Hey, everyone. This is Lucas Pa, host of the RNA Outdoors podcast. Please check out Podbean and iTunes. If you have an iPhone or iPad, Go to podcast app on your device, search for RNA Outdoors, and hit the purple subscribe button. When doing this, it'll automatically upload when new podcasts are loaded and they will download into your queue. For Android users, you can access the podcast through Podbean, Stitcher, or just use our website, www.rnaoutdoors.com forward slash podcast. 
In addition, under the RNA Outdoors podcast channel, please leave a review and a five-star rating. These reviews help boost our popularity and outreach. You can also follow us on our social media outlets, Twitter at RNA Outdoors, Instagram at Rod N Arrow Outdoors, and Facebook, RNA Outdoors. All links are in the show notes as well. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll pass along our channel to your friends and colleagues. Keep up the good fight. We cannot sit by and watch the public lands devoted to wildlife protection wither away. There's simply too much at stake. Make your voice heard, speak up, get involved with conservation efforts, and know that every little bit helps. As we say on the mountain, see you guys on the next ridge.